0: It's always a a privilege to be able to share the word, Uh, and uh, I'm just grateful for being asked uh, to share. Um, How many of you was out this morning? How many of you have always thought of Psalm 22 (coughs) as a prophetic Psalm? Have you ever heard or thought about Psalm 22, uh, the way in which it was presented this morning, Psalm of yeah. Prayer? Wasn't that fantastic? Great. Yeah. Yeah. That, was, that was awesome. I, I've always uh, understood of my thinking toward the 22nd Psalm based on my God, my God, wives of to be you always thought of the prophetic, and it is in one essence, but to hear it presented the song, that was fantastic. How many of you have read the 23rd Psalm and saw it from the perspective of the sheep? Have you thought about that? Psalm 23. What I'd like us to do is to read it together, but I want us to personalize the sound. What I mean by that is this. For instance, the first verse says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the breakdown of verse of Psalm twenty-three: six my's, seven knees, four eyes. Personal. The author of this psalm is clearly stated. No need to guess or speak here. This psalm is one of many written by David, and I would dare to say that not only is this one of the most quoted and well-known psalms, but we're also dare to say that most, if not all of us, could quote this by heart before the age of 10. Did you agree? Before the mm-hmm. age of 10, everybody knows some 23, Psalm I remember reciting this as a little boy in Sunday school. Even though I turn around and talk and get over head, I remember quote from way back then I was able to see Twenty-third sound, and also in primary school, at assembly, I don't know, I don't know how it was down here now, so but on the family islands, we did, we had assemblies outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys just have assemblies? assembly, but all was island Anyway, <laughs> this short sound, this sound, though short, has offered comfort to many who are sick, afflicted. <coughs> but what is it about this sound that has made such an impact? and offer such comfort during trying times to so many people. (coughs) When you think about the author of this psalm and all the challenges he faced because of King Saul and then all the blunders and tragedy during his reign as king, you tend to forget his tender heart as a youthful shepherd. In Acts 13.22, we see a direct quote from 1 Samuel. First Samuel chapter 13 verse 14 where the Lord himself directs the prophet Samuel to inform King Saul that he was being replaced as king and he was looking for a special person not just a replacement notice how young David is being described by God by God himself no other person than God himself he says he describes David as a man <coughs> after my own heart David was the only person in the Bible to fit that scripture. After my own heart, uh, ought to hold that designation. As we journey through this Psalm, let us try to remember that even though it is written by David, who was expressing his heart toward his shepherd, it was written from the perspective of the sheep. Notice verse 4. The Lord is my shepherd. This small two-letter word is, confirms that there is a connection between sheep and the shepherd. The emphasis, however, implies that it is more than just a connection, but a relationship is involved. Look at the next word. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. This implies that a close relationship has been established. And it identifies the shepherd as his personality. For instance, if I asked, "Who's this beautiful young lady?" Sitting here, how would you answer? "This beautiful young lady is my wife." <laughs> my wife. <laughs> 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 now, what does that imply? Do. What does that imply? relationship. relationship. See? That's a relationship. This implies a close relationship has been established and identifies the shepherd as his personally. This beautiful young lady is my wife which confirms not just a connection but a close relationship between the two. The confirmation that follows demonstrates that this relationship was not only a close one but a permanent one also. Now, in an effort to more clearly understand what a shepherd is, or to appreciate the heart of a shepherd, let us look at how the word is defined in the Strong's Dictionary. The word shepherd has a primitive root meaning, which is, one, to tend a flock, that is, to pasture, to pasture a flock. Secondly, by extension, it means, to associate with as a friend, spending time together like Dr. David Allen says, in Coochie Coochie, as a friend, spending time with. And then thirdly, to keep company with and to make friends with. In other words, someone you hang out with. Someone who you spend time with. Someone you have something in common with. something, Someone who you do things together as a shepherd and a sheep. A shepherd and the sheep, they have a connection. They spend time together. Uh, a shepherd leads the sheep to the direction in which he wants him to go. He makes a decision where the sheep should go based on the needs of the sheep. But the shepherd, because of his love, because of his care, because of his concern, because of his compassion, he makes decisions for the sheep. But the sheep can confidently entrust himself to a shepherd knowing that he cares for him, he knows him, he spends times with him, he can trust him. So when you put it all together, you get the idea that a true shepherd, because of his love for the sheep, knows each of the sheep, spends time with them to make sure that they are safe and properly cared for. Now John 10 3, I'm sure we've heard this verse also. John 10 3 says, he calls his sheep by name and leads them out and they follow him. But notice, verse 5 says, they won't follow a stranger See the deliver <coughs> They won't follow a stranger. Why is that? They don't know him. There's no relationship. There's nothing in common. Instead, they do what? They run away from him. They would run away from him because they don't know him. Or they don't recognize his voice. There's an absence of relationship and no connection. Therefore, no trust. They don't trust him. Now, I want to share a true story. This actually happened to me. I remember one time when Near and I first had we went to Long Island on a trip on vacation. And my father-in-law has he yeah, had at that time a yeah, huge flock of sheep. And I went with him to see his sheep because I've always heard him talk about the sheep and um, having two or three different pastures because um you know, when you have a huge drop of sheep, you can't just put all in one because they eat it up quickly. So you would have another one on standby and this one eaten down to give this time a grow. You can have a second one. But he had such a huge drop that she gave three. And so I said, yeah, I want to grow the seeds. So when we got there, some of them was laying close by, just chewing the cut. But a lot of them had wandered away, not too, too far away while there was feeding. So I said that, uh, can I call him? Because I I you know I've heard him talk time ago about how they call the sheep and she Come and say, Can I call them? So he said, This is what I do. Woo, oh, oh. said, Can I do that? <laughs> look at me and smile, he said, sure, <laughs> <laughs> And I wondered why he laughed. But he said, Yeah, go ahead. So I I attempted to imitate his call. Matter of fact, they turned over. <laughs> they turned the air. So I say, God, um, you think those other ones who didn't come, when I when I made that song, you think they might have been too far away to hear me? He said, No, my brother. They know the time that I count every day. He said, they, they, they hear they So he say, watch this. He did the he, he caught his hand. He said, wait, wait. in the space of ten seconds, they was coming from all directions. It sounded like the whole island was literally moving. Because they was coming from all directions. And they came right up to him. And he had a basket on his shoulder, taking corner, putting it down on the ground. And then he was putting it, they was eating out his hand. So then he looked around. <clears throat> he said, one missing. He said, "One of the older ones is missing. She's pregnant, she and I wonder who she is." Eventually, he void she's coming up, but she was almost ready to give birth, because she was moving slow. She came, and he went to meet her. She got his hand. She got his hand. She waddled right along until. He, he, he She came right up to him. The only thing to go through my mind. What did you do different? What did you do They didn't know me. They didn't know me. They didn't recognize my voice. They heard the sound, and they looked. So connection. See, there's no connection. See, there's a connection with him. There's a connection between them two. There's no connection between them. You see? First of all, this is what Psalm 23. And the first verse, we'll be talking about this relationship. There's a connection. You see? My sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. You see? So when the stranger comes, he may look, may even sound similar, but the fact that they don't know me, they don't recognize my voice, they don't respond. And that is where I proved, that is where I proved that passage of Scripture. What do you think we did when we go back to your house? We sat down and we discussed that passage of Scripture. See, I was a Christian at the time, but still fairly young Christian. This is just only like a year or so after we got married. And I had only converted to Christian, I only became a Christian a few months prior to that. So he and I sat on the edge of the bed and we discussed that passage of scripture for hours. I've never forgotten that story that, that I experienced, and I've never forgotten that portion of scripture. That always stood up to me. I tried some of the things that my brother in law. Who had a herd of goats? We was out on the north side of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> but I say the sheep Lord is doing probably the same thing with the goats. <laughs> they like me. they don't know. But this is I prove that. So what, what what we're learning here in this first verse? David can say the Lord is my shepherd. Is my shepherd, He can claim myself. Now here are some other interesting things. Why are we on the topic? Here's some other things I threw in there that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, I've got it out about sheep. Sheep will never drink from the same container if they smell the scent of a goat on it, or if they saw another goat or animal drink from it, they'll never touch that container water. They'll die first before they drink. They'll never touch it. They will never lay down to rest that they are fearful or hungry. Sheep are very quiet, very dependent. You have to be very focused on sheep. That's why they, I guess everybody calls sheep dumb sheep. <laughs> if they are tied with a rope and it gets tangled all around, and they wound right after it, if someone won't go and clear them they'll up, they'll never make a sound. Goats, totally different. <laughs> The same thing happens when you're preparing to kill a sheep. I've had opportunity to throw out a few sheep uh, growing up on the island. When you tie up two legs and then you put them all together so he can't escape, you lay them on the ground and you prepare them. No son. No son. You know the next portion of scripture that came to mind? What do you think? Isaiah. Isaiah How nice. Go ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> Psalm 53 verse 7. Spot on. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and like a sheep before his shearers silent. yet he opened not his mouth. Spot on. I proved it for the you the that for myself. don't make his sound. That's been my experience. I'm watching my father also. So where, where's was one B? I was what um, part A of first Part B says, secondly, I shall not mourn. In other words, I will lack nothing, because the shepherd knows what I need. This is an unwavering assurance and confidence in the shepherd's ability to provide and a demonstration of his love and care for the sheep. Or to put another way. If he does not provide what I think I need, I trust him enough to know that it was not for my good, nor his will for me to have it. You see see how the shepherd, how the sheep trust the shepherd? He says, if for some reason he doesn't provide what I think I need, I trust him enough to know that if he didn't provide, it wasn't good for me, or it wasn't his will. You see, that's trust. Complete trust. That's called godly contentment and living in submission to the will of the shepherd. Verse two, eight. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The word "makes" is not meant to imply being forced or coerced, but one of guidance and trust. In other words is being guided to a place of abundant provision and rest. (coughs) Content that the shepherd knows what is best for the sheep. And then the word lie down here gives the idea of a place of safety and rest. Now, one more thing that I've learned over the years about a sheep. Anytime you see a sheep laying down, he either he feels safe and he feels safe and he's full of food and only resting, or he's dead. Other than that, if a sheep is startled for some reason, or if he's upset, or if he sees someone he suspects to be danger, he will go as close as he thinks the shepherd is, or he can find the shepherd, and he will stay there. They'll never lay down. Strange, very strange. Great pastures represents a place that is fruitful and lush. Well water indicating a steady supply. Another way we can phrase this is to say, my shepherd has provided all I need: the place of safety, the place of rest, and abundant food. When you look at the context of this passage, and from the perspective perspective of the sheep, could you imagine having a whole pasture to yourself. Think about it now. He makes me lie down in a great posture. This is speaking personally from a particular sheep. Okay, now the shepherd provides for all the sheep, but the, but the but the way the psalm is written is it's personal from the perspective of a sheep. So think about it. think about it. A, a, a sheep lying down or, or being in having a pasture pretty much to himself. Um, here, yeah, nobody else will share this book based on how he, his perspective. He shows, he talks about the appreciation of the shepherd, how he makes him lie down in a grain passion. We talked about what the grain represents. But some perspective of the perspective that you see, having a green pasture, one that's abundant, having a steady supply of food, having uh, all that he needs. Um, Then verse 2b, he leads me beside still waters. Still waters refers to a gentle, flowing stream Or a spring of fresh water, not a gushing river. As a matter of fact, sheep don't drink from running water. Sheep wouldn't go near it. Sheep, a sheep is a very dependent animal. The same conditions under which a sheep will strive and the same conditions that you could take for granted would cause the sheep to develop problems, physical problems, because you would want to live in that there's fresh water flowing down the stream, but because it's coming down kind of gushy and, you know, it's kind of noisy, you would think you just go and just take You never go near So you need to put a container, fresh clear water away from everybody else, not only him, or the other sheep in this flock they he's going Rushing waters, the good shepherd, referred to in John, in John chapter 10, provides exactly the kind of environment the sheep needs. Take a right here and say Jesus, who we refer to as the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. He, too, knows what we need, and he provides everything we need. He puts us in the environment that he know we can have, the environment he know we need, the environment that he knows we can flourish. A good shepherd does the same thing for sheep. A good shepherd has a certain heart. Remember. <coughs> Uh then the prophet Samuel then Jesse. What did he like you know that for? Got the oldest one, right? How did the Bible describe the oldest son? He was what? So Muscular and handsome. But he wasn't chosen for those uh three Matter of fact, he went through all the sons Samuel asked, you have? Is this all your sons? Do so you have any other sons? Yeah, I wonder, but you know, he, he takes care of the sheep, man. He, he, he takes care of the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel said, go for him. matter of fact, we ain't gonna do nothing else until he comes. And as soon as Samuel laid eyes on him, what did the Lord say to Samuel? Rise up and anoint him. He is the one I've chosen, and how did we see? Some, I mean, uh, David described here. He is a man after my own heart. See, God knew exactly what He was looking for when He was going to choose a king. And God, in His omniscience, knew when David assumed the throne. He knew all His flaws and He knew what was going to happen. But He knew deep down inside. There's a certain character tree. There's a certain heart that is seen reflected in leaving those who were safe to go in the search of that one lamb that was lost. And David and that God said, I need that kind of heart to shut the See? God was looking for a certain person with a certain heart, a certain character tree. He had a certain purpose for him. he called David. It's the same thing with us. He know exactly what we need. He know when we need it. And so he brings it at that particular time. And so he did the same thing for the sheep. And the reason why God and the reason why the shepherd takes care of the sheep in such a way is because of his love and his care for Notice that it is the shepherd who leads. A good shepherd would lead. A good shepherd don't stand behind with a rope and swipe them and cause him to run ahead. A shepherd who loves the sheep, he takes, he leads. Why? We have a staff and a rod with both hands are full. When he goes out in front of the case, a danger comes. He's the first one to confront danger and make sure the sheep is protected. But a sheep a sheep who trusts the sheep will follow. Why? Because they know him. There's a connection, there's a relationship between him and the sheep. So as the shepherd moves, the sheep follow. Why? They could follow them, they know him. They trust him. And the shepherd leads the sheep. He has a staff to guide and a rod to protect. So when the wild animals come, he can make sure to defend the little arms. Sometimes, you know, they try, to, they try to go on around the side, he has a a, so he could hook, a staff, so he can hook them, make sure they don't go too far ahead or don't um, don't go astray. But it's because of his love and his care for them. And the shepherd makes sure he leaves. The sheep don't run ahead of him. Now who do you think does run ahead sometimes? Ghosts do. Ghosts <laughs> are outrun running. If they feel like they see something that and you try to they could try and run you. But sheep, she will follow you. But they trust you. They don't know you. They don't trust you name to follow. They didn't stay there. You will have to drive him. I mean, literally drive him. The shepherd stays by his sheep. So the sheep can take their time and drink without having to constantly look around for the presence of predators or try to catch the scent of an enemy. He completely entrusts his safety to the shepherd. It almost seems synonymous, the still, quiet ones, and the quiet and his nature. will Almost synonymous. David continues his testimony of the shepherd, but now includes spiritual matters. Notice he says, that he shows us that the Lord is not only concerned about our physical needs, which are important, but also our spiritual needs as well. In verse 3 he says, he restores my soul. Now, sheep, because of their uh, nature, they're prone to wander. It seems so; they don't have a sense of direction. If uh, the shepherd is too far ahead, or they, these ones lagging behind, they tend to wander off. He he completely he completely entrusts his safety. To the shepherd, it almost, David continues his testimony in the shepherd, and now includes spiritual matters. He shows that the Lord is not only concerned about our physical needs, which are important, but also our spiritual needs. He says, He restores my soul. Now, in Isaiah 53 6, which all of us again have heard many times, it says, We all like what? We to to and each one to his own way. But again, God, because of his love for us, he laid on his son the neighborhoods of us all. Again, this indicates that the shepherd is willing to leave the ninety nine and go in search of the one lost, the one lost sheep who is vulnerable and needs his prey The shepherd knows that the wolf, the lion, and the bear, they're out there. But you know what? The shepherd goes in shepherd goes anyway. Putting himself in grave danger in an effort to rescue his wandering sheep. Fully aware that these ferocious animals attack more than just the sheep. They attack anyone they need Anyone that look like food they'll go after it. But the shepherd, despite the danger, goes anywhere. This is why he's called the shepherd. He has made a way to bring the wandering sheep back to the fold, and he laid down his life for the sheep. He made a way to rest to restore us when we wandered off, and brought us brought us brought us back, leading us to the path of righteousness, which brings us to verse 4. He says, "He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake." This is his intended desire for us as his sheep to live a life of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. So all of us as professing Christians should be very careful then how we live, because we represent him, the chief. And our behavior is a direct reflection of our commitment to him. According to Philippians and in reference to his name, it says, therefore God has highly exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that what? Jesus Christ is born to the glory of God the Father. So it should be clear to all why. Living our lives to please him is so very important. 5b 2, verse 4. The second part of the verse says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your Lord and staff, they comfort me. The Lord did not promise us an easy life, free of trials and valleys. But his presence with us to guide us and to see us safely through when those valley experiences come. His presence, his rod and his staff offers comfort and is a ready defense against any predator and emboldens us when the way is dark and the shadows come. There's no need to fail. Why? Because our shepherd is right before us. He has a staff on his he He's there to protect us. He's there to protect his sheep because he cares for the sheep. So there is no need, no need to fear evil when the evil comes. You prepare a tale before me in the presence of my enemies. The faithfulness of the shepherd to adequately provide for his sheep is evident and clearly seen by all, even the enemy. His commitment to provide and care for the flock is not hindered nor prevented by the enemy. The shepherd's sole concern is for the safety and protection of the flock. The fact that he prepares a table indicates that he is more more than able to provide for the need of his sheep. The enemy is able to observe the protection and the abundant provision of the shepherd for the sheep and he can do nothing to stop He is confident and secure in his relationship with the shepherd and not only feels safe in this life, but is assured of his eternal home with him also. Verse six says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David ends the short psalm with the same bold conviction and confidence he started with in verse one. He introduces to the psalm by personalizing the relationship and identifying the shepherd as his own. Again he said the Lord is my shepherd. Here he was seen as the providing shepherd. I shall not want. He is also seen as the guiding shepherd. One that can be trusted. He makes me lie down in brain postures. He is seen as the faithful and caring shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. He is a decisive shepherd. Decisive in the sense that he takes charge. He leads. He leads to sheep. What if you have a scary shepherd? When you see the wolf come, they run. You <laughs> see, that's the difference between the good shepherd and the higher. You see, the high when the wolf comes, he runs away and leaves the sheep, and the sheep is scattered. You see, the good shepherd don't move it. The good shepherd is the caring shepherd. And he leaves, he takes charge. He sticks, he sticks around and stays close by. The shepherd, he's seen as the, the decisive shepherd who makes the right decisions that is best for the sheep. He restores my soul. Here he's seen as the saving shepherd who draws the wandering sheep back to the safety of the fold and chooses the path of righteousness for the sake of his name. Here we can say that he is a righteous and holy shepherd, one who's worthy of worship. The sheep can face all the threats of danger that lurk in or near the valleys with all the eerie sights and sounds, but he's not afraid because the presence of the shepherd who uses his staff to guide him and the rod to protect him is a constant comfort. Here he is seen as the all-sufficient. Now David, having examined his life thus far, says with excitement and sincere conviction that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And because he has always been the all sufficient, all sufficient shepherd, he can say with all the confidence in the world that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Did did you share that confidence? You say, in all honesty, share that confidence. David, as I said earlier, Shared from a personal experience. Shepherd boy, very familiar with shepherding, familiar with the sheep. And because of his close relationship with God, saw him as the shepherd. He was the sheep. And so he was sharing his heart and how he feared in his relationship with God, how God has been a good shepherd to him. But it's an example to us, and it should serve as an encouragement to us of how the same God who was described as the shepherd to David, the same God as our shepherd. Now let's take David out of the picture. Do you see God the same way? Can you see the same way? Can you describe God the same way David did? Can you personalize the sound between you and him? Can you say the same thing in reference to you and God from the perspective of a sheep? Yes, we are. The Bible says we all like sheep are going astray. We, we too, are referred to as sheep. But can you say the same thing that David said? The Lord is my shepherd, because He's my shepherd, I shall not want. And here is how He demonstrated no wants. He makes me lie out of the brain pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Me, though I walk through the valley, start of death. Fail but why? Because you live. The Lord, the staff, they offer you comfort. But in the presence of my enemies, who prepare a table. You prepare a table before me. Hmm. Hmm. They can see your faithful hand of provision. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and my cup powerful. Is that what it says? Overflows. And so he can finalize that thing by saying, surely goodness and mercy will follow me some of the days of my life, all the days, all the days, mm-hmm. all the days of my life, and then he can end it by saying, that I can dwell in the house of the Lord for You See the last three verses of the uh, psalm. This contingent on the first two. See you know what I'm saying? Because of his faithfulness in the past, I can say with all assurance, mm-hmm. based on my relationship with. Because he has been so faithful in providing and protecting and leading that I know surely, surely means I'm certain, Certainly. surely goodness and mercy will follow. no question of where it will happen or not will follow all the days of my life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So wherever the Lord is, David will be. Wherever the Lord is, we will be. You see? See the connection? So, the question you must ask yourself as we wrap this up. David okay, be able to say, Remember, we said, when I first uh, started out, six mice, seven knees, and four eyes. Okay, That's when you go through the sound, that base eyes work, one of the things we Six mice, seven knees, and four eyes. it sound. And that's because of his relationship that we had with God. And that is the reason why David was the only person in the Bible who had who had that description from God. He is a man of the nine But God said that before he assumed the throne as king. And God is all God is knowing, right? Submission. God knew what David was going to do with Bathsheba. David. David knew. God knew what David was going to do with David and Uriah. He knew all of those things when Bathsheba, the husband, and then with Uriah and his wife. God knew all those was coming. God knew the problems that was going to happen. Uh, Amnon and Tamar, the brother and sister, Absalom, trying to kill him and run him away from home. He knew all that. Come and ask yourself, the But yet, how did he describe David? as a man after my own father. Well, While, not that David was working, David had, he had a certain heart, sort of certain character that he was looking for in a leader, like compassion, who had humility, who had faith. And that's what God wants for each of us. That's what God expects of each of us. And when we have that kind of relationship with him and those character traits that he described, David is having. God will do great things through us. He will do great things through us. And God will honor us when we are faithful in honor of Jesus. And so, I'm thankful that I had an opportunity to take a very simple sound, uh, known to all of you, and just look at it from a different perspective, as I was... Praying for a week or so, going, what should I, be? what should I see? What should I speak of? What would you have me say? What would you have me show? Uh, a couple of times, so I was praying, I just kept coming back to 28 sounds in the mouth. Everybody knows 28 everybody. And then it hit me as I was going through it. Rise, the knees, and eyes. What's it? You have this kind of energy to so, get me through it. Let's see, ask the question. Lord, how do how I get to that point? the question. And as I went through the sound, just kept impressing on my heart. And so I just thought I'd give you something to think about. And while I was going through that, the Lord reminded me many years ago, when I had an opportunity to. Go with my father in law. I never did get to know the sheep with his number. And after he got up in age, he started to wind down the floor. And now he don't have any. Um, but I never did get, because I just I didn't want time to spend with the sheep, but he didn't want them every day and feed them and touch them and rub their hands and kill a few Christmas and Easter. And <laughs> <laughs> not have the time. Um, <laughs> But who could be. It never left, it started. So, as you, as you go through, before it takes out, your own personal emotions, take part in You have this kind of relationship with God. Father, thank you for allowing me a few minutes to share what I felt you personal on my life. I thank you, Lord, for being able to do my best to share it. I pray that having done so, that you would use it for how you choose the long and fair Lord. I thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters in Christ who, who came, who were here tonight. And I'm grateful, for God for the making of the effort to come. Thank you. Lord, bless each one. Each home represented tonight, please, my Father, take each one up safely. Watch over them. Draw them to a closer, a deeper, more intimate relationship with you. So that in their lives, you would have your way and that you would be a and glorified. Dismiss this now with your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.